this is Dallas Stevens, your host of the Strive Podcast. What's up, guys? I'm here to bring you knowledge and true stories from some amazing people relating to all things health, fitness, wellness, beauty, and just overall life experiences. Strive means to make great efforts to achieve something, so let's do that today. Here we go. Wow, guys, this has been a minute. I haven't had an episode in a few months for several reasons, which you'll definitely hear about. But I've been going back and forth on what I want to be able to talk about and what I want to say in this episode because it's going to be very different from any other episode that I've ever had. And it's um, pretty much my life just completely 180 flipped it just like took its glove off and just slapped me in the face. And then it was like, wait a little bit and then slapped me in the face again. And um, yeah, and so I, you know, I waited a little bit. I went through some emotional things, um, some roller coaster of feelings and uh, I'm back. So I am at a really good place now. And now I know that I'm able to talk about (laughs) everything that's happened. Also my voice, gosh, this weather went from 80 to like 30 degrees and so my voice is so raspy. So this episode, it's not gonna be about bashing someone, it's not gonna be coming from a place of like sadness or anger. It's honestly gonna be about me learning from the tough lessons uh, I just experienced and sharing what I've learned with you all so maybe I can help other girls or guys who are in the same position I was in. Okay, so before we start, I think after everything I've been through between like moving out on my own and how to get a whole new phone account and all this other stuff, I think I deserve one slightly petty comment, (laughs) but honestly, it comes from a really good place of peace, of thankfulness. So (laughs) I honestly just want to dedicate this episode if you're listening to all the girls that my now ex was messaging for months and especially the girls in Michigan on his guys only boating trip that were physically with him, you know, I, I want to dedicate this to you because I am so thankful, so, so thankful that that happened before we were ever married, before we had kids. And just because you helped me validate everything that I was feeling. I was feeling crazy for feeling these certain gut instincts and and trying to figure out what was wrong with me. And because of you guys, I now know and I have peace with my decision. And it's honestly the best thing that possibly could have happened. So thank you. This one's for you. And to my ex, if you're listening, oof, gosh, this has taken a ton of self-work. I forgive you. I do. Honestly, I genuinely forgive you for cheating. And it's not because I'm okay with what you did. And it doesn't mean I wasn't angry or I don't care. But I'm doing it because I need to do that in order to move on with my life. And I need to do that in order to not bring this into my future. So I forgive you. Um, Because this is real life. Like this is stuff that happens all the time. Whether you're dating, whether you're married, Um, Whether you've been together for a year and a half or 20 years, this 
stuff happens. And so I, that's the whole point that I'm coming on here is because I really want to be able to share this message, not to bash anyone, not to point fingers, but for everyone to learn that this is just not okay. And, and it happens and then everyone moves on and you learn from it and you can either take it and be spiteful and hate the person and drag their name through the dirt, or you can learn from it and figure out the signs that maybe you could have prevented it or maybe could have helped protect your heart a little bit more and made you feel a little less crazy. So that's the point of this podcast. You know, I honestly wish you the best and I hope that you're, you have a good career and you're successful and you're happy and, and I just hope you never do this to another girl again. And I, I don't know, it's, it's like, you know, it can be so simple as, oh, well he cheated. This should make it so much easier for you to move on and say goodbye but honestly, that's not really the case. I mean, it somewhat is, but what stings is like having so many questions. Like, what was this real? Was this fake? Like, what all the things that you said, all the things you were wanting to plan, talking about getting engaged, like, was that before or after? But I think a part of the healing process, along with the sadness and the anger and the questioning, and is just accepting that you might not know everything about the situation and and it's fine. And like, find peace with that. Find peace with not knowing. Just accept whatever happened and move on. But yeah, I feel good. I honestly feel so good. I've been through it. And I'm not saying I'm an expert in this field, but I also have been cheated on twice before. So this is three times. So I'm kind of an expert in this field, maybe. So I, you know, take it with a grain of salt, whatever you want to believe that I'm about to describe and tell you about but um I just think that it's you know three is enough it's like okay this is I need to like take things into my own hands and stick up for myself and I've never stood up for myself all through high school grade school young 20s I never stood up for what I thought was right what I deserved and I made a pact to myself a few years ago that whatever happens I will always voice my opinion and I will always give my perspective and that's exactly what I'm doing here. So I, again, last time I'll say this, am not here to bash anyone. I don't want anyone reaching out to him, giving him negative messages. I don't want anyone reaching out to me if you have something negative to say. This is me closing this chapter and finding peace and moving on and never looking back. So big reason for this episode um, is also because I want to not describe what really happened in the relationship too much, but more so the signs that now all make sense. So it's it's kind of more like, okay, so I actually wasn't crazy when I thought that, or that actually connects with this dot. So that way you guys can all take that into your relationships. If you're dating someone, maybe your friend is dating someone that you see things that are kind of red flags. And this can just be a kind of an eye-opener from what I've gone through. So, alrighty. You know, as humans, we all seem to want the same thing, right? Like love trust, intimacy, but for some reason it gets complicated um, for multiple reasons, and especially in your late 20s and 30s when you've been through some the good and the bad and the ugly, it makes it a lot more tough to let someone in and have that ability to trust again. What's great about dating and going through those good and bad relationships is that you now know when you see and experience what you do and don't want. You can look for those signs, aka red flags, when it comes to finding your partner, when it comes to just going on dates. And I know the signs, and there's a lot, and I'm going to be going over 
Um, and I've been researching and reading and listening to podcasts and talking to other people who have also been cheated on. And I began to kind of understand the psychology behind it and why some people do certain things. And that's what I just want to share with you. So buckle up, take notes, try to make connections, you know, and maybe with the relationship that you're in right now. And or maybe if you're the one that's cheating, like maybe learn from this. And hopefully this can prevent anyone else from doing this again. All righty. First, I'm going to go over some vocabulary <laughs> uh, before we get started. Uh, you probably know some of these, but just in case someone is lost or confused, this will kind of help. Five things. Manipulation is an exercise or harmful influence over others. The manipulator will attack mental and emotional sides of their significant other to get what they want. They seek control and power. Two is love bombing. It's a manipulation tactic characterized by excessive attention, admiration, and affection with the goal to make the recipient feel dependent and obligated to that person. Three, narcissist, a person who has a, an exaggerated sense of self-importance, need for admiration, lack of empathy, and chronic feelings of emptiness and boredom. Four, gaslighting, to manipulate someone into questioning their own sanity. Oh, this is just evil. For example, you call out your significant other for them texting random girls and they turn it on you for being crazy and not trusting them. That's gaslighting. Last one, five, codependency, excessive emotional or physiological reliance on a partner. Alrighty, vocabulary lesson is done. I'll be going over just the 10 red flags that are key when it comes to relationships. All right, so we dated for a year and a half. The last few months were just off. I mean, it was great. We were traveling. We, we were living together. And then the last couple of months were just off. Like, I don't know how to describe it, but I started feeling really anxious for the first time ever in my entire life. I began feeling physically and mentally exhausted. And I knew it was bad when other people were even noticing this. Like people I was working with, close loved ones. I could tell they're like, you just seem different. I'm like, I know. I don't really know what's happening. Couldn't put my finger on it. And it was just really baffling. I was blaming it on my birth control, hormones, just being a girl, work, social media. You know, him and I were arguing a lot more often over silly stuff and just over any. It was like every day, it was just like tiny little comments, you know. I started kind of feeling like I was walking on eggshells and had to keep validating our relationship verbally and through social media just to make us okay. I felt like I was living every day to avoid a disagreement or a serious talk which those were happening a lot more and more. And after months of endless back and forth, I realized him and I were just not meant to be. I was like, this is no longer fun or healthy. And it killed me because I was just, I just thought it was fixable. Like that's the girl coming out, right? Like the girls love to fix things. Like we love thinking like, like projects and like, oh, it's fixable, you know, but, but I couldn't fix it. It was months and months and months of trying. And we, we both agreed, like, we're going to keep working at it. We're going to keep working at it. And I would just, keep trying to tell him like we're working but like our personalities are just not working anymore you know like there's only certain things that you can fix right like you can fix communication like trying to talk more and and all that but there's certain things that just are clashing all I wanted was it just to be easy just to be easy not dramatic which every relationship obviously has its issues but this was just not healthy it would get better for a day or two or if we go on a trip and then it'd go back to the usual bickering and doubt. So I told him that we should take a breather 
and he should go to his show in Maine on his own. And that just was not happening. It was like, I go or we break up (laughs) pretty much. And so I ended up just going to Maine to fix things. Of course, things are amazing on vacation. You know, you're in paradise away from the real world. The next week we got back, I still have this giant weight on my shoulders and I just couldn't shake it. And something inside of me was just screaming like, you need to end it. This is not going anywhere positive. You know, it's it's like not savable. Come Monday, you know, he's talking about booking another trip and I just, I couldn't do it. I just like let it out. I was like, I, I just feel like it's not working. Like we need to just, for both of our sakes, just end this. because I wasn't feeling excited about the future and the future just kept seeming like doubtful. And I just realized like we weren't each other's forever, which is okay. Like some people just are meant to be in your life for a certain amount of time. And then you move on. I just was at peace with us both finding someone that was a hundred percent in and a hundred percent like, yes, I want to marry you one day and not needing that constant validation. And so I didn't want to waste any more of each other's time, right? I'm 27, he's 30. Like, we should definitely not be just wasting time. So we ended it. Uh, I moved out the next day. And I felt this huge feeling of guilt ending it. You know, I felt like I'm the one that's ruining this relationship. I'm the one that's breaking up this amazing thing. I'm the one that isn't trying. And it was all my fault. And I couldn't get my feelings back up to where they were before. So a couple of weeks after the breakup, after my phone number being disabled, after having to get a new one, after some TikToks were released about us, after moving and finding a new place and moving in, um, I found out that he was actually cheating for months. Um, I was shook to my core. Oh my gosh, guys. I was like, what? This is why we were so bad. Like, this makes so much sense. The dots started connecting. You know, the blame and guilt must have been the reasoning for the constant doubt and questioning on if I were actually cheating on him. The intimacy was even off the last few months because of the, I just believe the physical and mental is completely connected, you know, and my gut knew something was off the whole time, but my head was making every excuse. So here is what I have learned and put together in order to kind of make sense of all this. So this is some real psychology research and male patterns, which I've been able to validate from the other previous men. And yeah, so let's get to it. Let's call these red flags. <laughs> All right, red flag number one, codependency. Again, from before, excessive emotional or physiological reliance on a partner. Of course, you want to rely on your partner. Of course, you want to be able to trust them with your entire life and you know, know they have your back. But codependency is different. Signs of a codependent partner include, but not limited to, poor self-esteem, poor communication, constant need for validation, not okay being apart, they make you feel guilty for wanting space or time alone, they cannot understand how to be away from you. For example, like if you live separate, like they need to stay with you every single night. And if they don't, they can turn that into an argument, a fight, like making you feel guilty for wanting some space, right? So codependency is not good. I believe my biggest thing when it comes to finding a partner is I want someone that is so okay being alone. Like they've traveled alone by themselves. You know, they've grown as an individual because two individuals that are strong in themselves will make the best couple, right? Like you never want to have someone that's just constantly relying on you and needs you all the time because then it starts 
taking away your energy, right? From everything else that you're focusing on and focusing on yourself. Now you're putting all that energy into that person and it's still never enough. Yeah, constant exhausting thing. All right, red flag number two, rushing the relationship. Good Lord, ladies, ladies, take your time getting to know someone. Take your time, especially if you're like, a teen or a young 20-year-old listening to this right now, there are, are, is no time clock above your head, right? Remember the saying, all good things take time? So true. Take time saying, I love you. Take time to be intimate. Take time moving in together. Yeah, I'm a hypocrite <laughs> with that one. Take time getting married and definitely take time having kids. You know, I feel like society holds all of these things on such a pedestal that you want to rush to it instead of actually really living in the moment and appreciating your growth of a relationship over a long period. Reasons, this is a red flag if your significant other wants to rush things. It puts a stress on the relationship, right? So if, if both of you obviously are at the same point and you're both agreeing, amazing, good for you. Like I know successful relationships that have happened very fast, but if one person is putting this stress on the relationship to rush things. And the other one is telling them, I'm uncomfortable. I don't want to do this yet. Then that's, if they're not understanding of that, then that is a huge red flag, right? So it can be signs of a manipulative person. So the reason this can be manipulative is because if they aren't considering your feelings and they're trying to convince you because they want to just completely control you, right? So it comes from control, shows a need of control for the abuser. They have you for example, move in so they know that they can hold that over your head so they know you won't break up with them if you're living with them, right? They can always kind of have a little one-up on you like, oh, you're not paying rent here, so she's relying on me now, right? Uh, it also gives them a sense of power over you and you can use this um, whenever a fight comes about. So let's say you get in an argument, you can be like, oh, well, I did this for you and we're, you already did this and we already said I love you and you already moved in. So you don't want that. You don't want anyone to have that sense of power. Yeah. All righty. Red flag number three, social media. <laughs> all right. We all have social media, pretty much. We all love to post our lives and brag about how amazing our relationship is and all the traveling that we're doing. But how much is too much? And why are we posting? Is it because you genuinely want strangers or loved ones to know about your personal life and to see that relationship? Or... Are you feeling pressured to keep up with what your significant other is wanting? You know, are they telling you to post on social media? Are they like, you haven't posted me in a while? Here are some signs that social media can be used in a negative way when it comes to your relationship. So they're telling you to post them, obviously. And it's your social media. Like it's your Instagram, especially if you use it for business. I, I use it for modeling. So I can't just be posting like whatever I want. I have to kind of be a little picky. But yeah, you should be the one that owns your own page. They get upset if you haven't posted in a while. Just said that. They want to make sure that you are, that, oh my gosh, this one kills me. They want to make sure that they are the first photo in a carousel on Instagram. If you don't know what a carousel is, it's when there's like multiple photos. When they're like, why am I the third one and not the first one? Oh my gosh. Yeah, because that'll make the relationship better. All right. They constantly post you for validation and see it as a game of keeping up with each other on how many photos you have of each other. So it's like, oh, I posted you six times. You've only posted me once. Like, just relax. You know, I mean, gosh, it's Instagram. We Also, you should be in a relationship that 
you don't need external validation, right? I, I just think that it's very unhealthy. So reasons why this is negative. So it's it shows that that person has this controlling trait, right? Their characteristic is control, manipulation. They care too much about what other people think. They're putting more energy into the social media aspect of it than maybe into your actual relationship and your happiness. He wants to he wants other people to know you are his. So that could be a thing, just showing ownership of you more so than just actually genuinely loving you. And already next red flag number four, hiding their phone or taking it from your hands. <laughs> Duh. I mean, I don't even know if I have to describe this one at all. I can't. Okay. I saw this in all three of my partners actually. And you think by the third, I'd be like, Oh, that's a red flag. Nope. Totally missed it. And so like, I respect people's privacy. I am never one to go through messages to be like, who are you texting? I don't care. I am very confident in pretty much all the relationships I've ever had and in myself. Um, and I'm totally, I just give my phone like here. You can go through it, look through whatever. I don't really care. But it becomes unhealthy when your partner's looking over your shoulder, like if you're holding their phone, if they start showing signs of anxiety when you have it, if they're constantly holding it and bringing it with them everywhere they go, they don't want to leave it in a room. And I don't, even, I don't think I have to, to describe why this is toxic. You all probably get it. And I mean, it just pretty much means they're, they're cheating. <laughs> like as simple as that is, they're probably messaging girls or doing things on Snapchat. You know, cheating doesn't even have to mean physical. Like cheating is... If you are being somewhat intimate on the phone, I mean, it FaceTimes or sending nudes or flirty messages like that to me is cheating. It, it's more mental and you're going to someone else for some kind of validation and emotions. So that's a no, no. Alrighty. Red flag number five, showering you with gifts. Well, Dallas, that's exactly what I want. Why would this be a, a red flag? Well, girl, I'll tell you. So Obviously, it's amazing to get gifts and, you know, some that's actually some people's love language. But when it becomes a negative is when it's a constant pattern. So let's say like you get in an argument, he comes in the next day or in an hour with flowers and just tries to buy your affection back instead of actually working on the issue. Right. It's just kind of like a cover up, like a bandaid. You get in the argument and then you don't actually sit and talk about it. Instead, it's just kind of like just wants to lighten the mood and just bring flowers or chocolates or a diamond and then you kind of forget about it and you don't want to talk about it anymore because then you don't want to seem like the bad guy because he's the good guy because he gave you gifts right no I think just I would just say try to work on communication more than getting presents um, it can be a sign of guilt from cheating so maybe I mean I what I've kind of learned is when people do something that makes them feel guilty they are trying to make up for it and make themselves feel better so by making themselves feel better being like oh I did this but I also did this and this and this for her so that makes me a good boyfriend right um, it can be used as an excuse to stay with them for example like I bought you this necklace you can't break up with me I'd redid this whole house for you you can't break up with me like no you can and it's a sign of love bombing which going back to vocabulary Love bombing is a manipulation tactic characterized by excessive attention, admiration, and affection with the goal to make the recipient feel dependent and obligated to that person. All right. Red flag number six. There's 10, by the way. So we're almost there. Talking about their ex constantly and in a negative way. So, of course, people have resentment for their ex and they 
they it's very healthy to talk about your ex with your partner talk about your dating experience and what you've gone through but when it's over a certain amount of time and they keep bringing that ex up and bashing them and saying really bad things about them it can actually show some different characteristics in your partner that you might want to watch out for so it could be a red flag because they are playing victim right you don't want someone that's constantly playing victim because then you're always going to be the bad guy you're always going to be the one that's at fault you don't want someone that that cannot accept fault and cannot accept that they did something wrong or that they might have been a reason in that breakup um it can show narcissistic qualities because they can't accept the fault that they were in a bad that they had in that past relationship it could mean they'll talk badly about you if you're together or if you do break up right instead of handling it in a mature way it shows lack of respect just for others in general they could be the common denominator in all of the past relationships that didn't work out. So if they're constantly bashing all of their exes, have nothing good to say, it could actually be them. That's the problem. And it also could mean that they still have feelings for the ex. All right, red flag number seven. Talking about their friends, your friends, and anyone really in a negative way, um, especially if he's bashing your friend group. So I, first of all, it's just not nice. Like, just don't talk bad about people. But when you see a pattern of them constantly having negative things to say about everyone that comes in, like even if it's just something small, it just shows lack of respect for people, for love, and it's just a big no for me, dog. <laughs> if he's especially questioning your friend group and throwing people under the bus and throwing shade towards your loved ones, it shows that he might be possibly wanting to just kind of like slowly take you away from them so he can have you more to himself. But it's like your friends are your friends for a reason, right? Like you've loved them for a reason. Like don't let someone try to convince you otherwise. Obviously just stick to your best judgment. I am like my brother, for example, I always tell him like, I don't like that person. <laughs> I don't think he, they should be in your life. But I've known my brother the longest, right? Like we, there's certain things and he might not listen to me, which is fine, but at least he's maybe like being conscious of it, you know? So this can show that your significant other will speak badly about you once you all to himself, has low confidence and self-esteem, right? So if you bash someone, it usually means that's because you don't like yourself, um, is easily threatened, does not respect constructive criticism, and has to always be right, and could be two-faced, okay? So you see them talk negatively about this person that's in their career field, but then they go and, like, suck up to them at the bar. <laughs> like, come on. All righty. Red flag number eight. Questioning you to the point where you feel guilty making decisions for yourself or being with friends. I'm going to say this again. Questioning you to the point where you feel guilty making decisions for yourself or being with your friends. This is gaslighting. Okay. They slowly start making you doubt your own judgment and make you scared to make the wrong decision. Right. So they kind of throw a little shade. It doesn't have to be as blatant as like, don't do this. I forbid you to go here. It can just be little things, little comments that keep adding up or, or make you just feel like you're doing something wrong. So you should never feel guilty for stating your opinion or wanting to do something that you want to do. You should always be able to do something that you want to do and not be told you can't do this. So for example, if you show him like you're excited to plan a trip to go see your best friend and he tries to convince you not to go because of A, B, and C and make you feel guilty for even wanting to do that, 
right? That is not healthy. So this shows control, manipulation, narcissism. Red flag number nine. If your friends and family don't like him, obviously. So no one knows you better than the people that you've been with your entire life. They listen and, you know, trust you and, and they only want what's best for you. And you should just openly accept any kind of feedback, right? I mean, if someone, if your like sister comes up and is like, I don't know about him, like, don't just go break up with him, but like, just listen to what she has to say and maybe just see it from her point of view, right? Because if you're in love with someone, it puts blinders on. You start overlooking certain things that other people see. And it's just a really good way to get a different perspective on a human being. Even, gosh, my best friend, Sierra, I've been friends with her since we were babies. She, two months into dating him, was like, I don't like him. <laughs> I'm like, Sierra, you like just met him and he did this and this for you. You know, um, she's like, yeah, I don't know. I just don't have a good feeling about him. Sierra, if you're listening, which I know you probably are, you were right. And I owe you a drink. <laughs> All right. Red flag number 10. This is it. Catch them lying or exaggerating stories to friends or family. So people exaggerate and stretch the truth from time to time to make a story more fun. Totally get that harmless, whatever. But it can show signs of their character if it's consistent and maybe you actually catch them believing in their own lies. So if you see them do a certain thing or you see like a certain conversation happen and then they go and tell the story later and it's nothing like what actually happened. This can actually just be coming like from a harmful place. Like it can be them genuinely not understanding that they are lying and it just means that they lie really well. Right. So it can show that they are liars and dishonest. They cannot process people's emotions or words and instantly think they are being attacked. And it can show narcissistic behavior because they can't admit fault. And then it can reflect into how they will handle your serious conversations and interpret them into something completely different than what you said. So that's, it's, you can see it through other people, but it reflects back into your relationship because that's the characteristic that they have, right? So they'll stretch the truth. They won't tell you the full truth. Um, and that can come into play when cheating happens and all that stuff. Whew, you guys, thank you for making it through that with me. <laughs> I feel like a teacher. I feel very <laughs> intellectual. Um, I appreciate you all for listening to me, and I hope to hear your feedback, especially if you're going through this. I've already gotten a lot of comments and DMs about people that are going through a breakup or been cheated on and, like, all this stuff. So it makes me feel really good when I hear similar stories, or especially if you learned something from this. Um yeah, I would just love to hear from you if you want to message me. Um, I'm all ears. Positive comments only, please. You know, I mean, this is the final step in my healing, and I am so, so excited for this next chapter. As for your healing, if you're going through something similar, my best advice is to go through the stages of grief. You know, you're going to go, th it's going through a loss pretty much, right? So, you, have, you deserve to cry. You deserve to be angry and to vent about your emotions. It's completely healthy and it's going to be a roller coaster of emotions with good and bad days. And that's totally okay. It's part of the process. Um, another piece of advice that helped me is setting a day to start moving forward and not lingering on the breakup. I gave myself about a month to get my life together again and feel all the feels. Maybe drink a little bit too much with your girlfriends and cry a lot listen to girly songs. I even made a playlist. 
you know, take time off work and just vent to your family and friends. But then there needs to be a point when you stop feeling sorry for yourself and making the whole world revolve around this breakup. So I set a specific date. I don't remember what it was, but when I was like, okay, you know, this is, I'm, I'm taking this time after this day, I am not going to just be lingering and wondering like, what if, and all this, I'm going to actively make myself a better person because of this. And obviously most of you listening might not have a podcast to act as the final page for closure. So emotionally, I had a date of when I was going to be a better person. And this is my absolute final day of talking about this. I am turning the chapter and I'm gluing that chapter shut and not looking back, right? Like I'm, I'm taking all the lessons that I've learned and I'm bringing it with me because it, I just benefit from it. I'm now much stronger than I've ever been emotionally, mentally, but there needs to be a day or, or some kind of like fun celebration for this breakup. So for me, it's this podcast. For you, it could be a trip with your family. It could be a girl's night. It could be a spa day with a friend. It could be a crazy night out. Like you wear your best new dress and you dance your ass off, right? Like make it a celebration because you should be celebrating the breakup because it means you're out of a situation that was holding you back from actually finding your right person. So congratulations on your breakup. I'm clapping. I know I'm celebrating right now and I'm leaving this experience way better than before. I actually had some people give me advice on not doing this episode because it might like look bad on me to tell my story. But honestly, there is no way I was not going to do this because this is my sense of closure. And to be able to help even just one person that's listening that might be going through the same thing, I would like choose that over caring what random people think any day. Right. Like this is not coming from any kind of pettiness. I don't want to make this person's life hell. Like, I just hope that this is a really good learning experience for everyone in this situation, him included. And, you know, so I'm just really asking again, out of respect for me, that you do not send any kind of hate messages to either of us. And yeah, because we're both, I mean, we're moving on, life goes on. And if you have any questions or need advice or anything, please feel free to reach out to my Instagram, Dallas A. Stevens or Strive with Dallas. Ooh, that's it. I'm sweating. <laughs> I have been thinking about doing this for so long. I'm so happy I did it. I'm so, I feel so good. You can honestly always come out on top and it just depends on how you deal with your emotions and you handle things. So I hope that I wish all of you the best. I hope most of you don't have to go through this, but if you do just know it's going to be okay. And you got it, girl. Like you got this shit. Cry eat, go out, drink, and then come out on top. Have an amazing week.